if you ever feel like someone else having a successful moment takes away from your opportunity to have successful moments, that is scarcity. You're living in your own bullshit. The time is now. Welcome to the Time Is Now podcast with Dr. Slava Shut. I'm Dr. Slava Shut. Welcome, my friends. I'm a CEO, serial entrepreneur, a doctor of physical therapy. It's a pleasure to have you today. And today we have a special guest with us, Carson Porter. He's a wealth manager, agent, advisor, mentor, public speaker, and CEO of Rev Agency Syndicate. Let's welcome the amazing Carson Porter. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I love starting off with people who are intelligent, articulate, and do some of the things, you know, I, I, I'm proud to say that you are one of my mentors because obviously I do a lot of things and I'm, you know, in this wealth management for a long time in a different aspect and you were in a different aspect. So being in this insurance game and financial services, it's awesome. And I love listening to you and the things that you have to say because you bring straight up approach of what needs to be done for a person, no BS, no baloney, straight up. So tell us a little about some of the misconceptions and the good things about insurance and financial services that people may not know. Yeah, I think, man, that's such a such a broad place to start. It's so ambiguous, but it's, it's such a great door to walk through because it's so open, frankly. So I think so many people have a, a very large misconception of what wealth management is in general. There's a lot to wealth beyond simply investing, right? And, and investing, if we go over to like Investopedia or Wikipedia or wherever you want to go, all investing is, is placing money somewhere with an expectation of return. And we can certainly do that through insurance products, but wealth management as a whole includes so much more because at the end of the day, if we're looking at wealth and we want to increase or expand on that wealth, it's not necessarily about what you make on it, your return on investment. It's not necessarily about the return of your principal. It's not even necessarily about the fees behind it. What it's about is what do I have and what is left in my pocket at the end of the day, after fees, after expenses, after taxes, after this, after that, right? And that's where insurance and insurance-based products such as cash value, life insurance policies, annuities, um, and other related financial products from the insurance sector play such an integral role uh, because they're able to provide protections through some uh, regulatory tax code, yeah. through statutory protections at the state level um, and other components, they're able to provide this leverage to a wealth portfolio that frankly, you can't get through any other means. And this is why you find that over 98% of everybody on earth with a net worth over $100 million owns life insurance policies yeah. and or annuities. That's a staggering statistic. And I think it's there for a big reason. Do they need a death benefit? No. They don't. They have plenty of money, but they still use these tools because there's so much leverage provided to their portfolio because of them. And um, that's really where the conversation starts. So wherever you want to take it from there, I just think there's there's so much misconception behind insurance and everybody runs away from their boring ass insurance agent. But the reality is their boring ass insurance agent can probably do a lot more for them than the dude who's trying to sell them a, a portfolio that's clapped full of mutual funds, stocks, bonds, and and other traded securities, frankly. So exactly. Is there some 
common belief that you completely disagree with? Um, I mean, there's a lot. I tend to be a little bit of a controversial person in regards to like wealth management. I'm hoping so. (laughs) I think one of the biggest beliefs in the wealth management space is that wealth management is here to make you rich. Guess what? It's fucking not. It's not. Wealth management is not here to make you rich. That's one component of it, but it's such a much larger topic. And, and in reality, there's kind of two ends uh, or two, you could almost call it a dichotomies to the conversation. The first perspective is, hey, all I want to do is make sure that no matter what kind of shit hits the fan, I don't end up poor. So whatever planning we got to do to accomplish that means, great, let's do that. The other side, and, and frankly, the shinier side, which most Americans and, and even people across the globe tend to lean towards is the shiny shit. It's the tinfoil in the distance, right? It, it's shiny. You think it might be gold. You think it might be silver, but no, it's just aluminum foil. Wrap your uh, hamburger steak in it, throw it in the fire and call it a cowboy dinner. But, but that concept is make me filthy rich. In reality, neither one of these is correct, right? And in reality, no company's better than another. We can look at all these different carriers, trading platforms, broker dealers, and everything in between. They're all just another version of the same bullshit. You know, if we talk about insurance, for example, and, and say life insurance, because it's part of the conversation we're having here, right? One company's $250,000 death benefit is not going to pay a red cent more than another company's $250,000 death benefit. They're just not. They're just not. And especially when we get into A-rated or better companies, they're all held to the same standard. They have similar financial um, strength behind them. They're, they're regulated to the same level at the state and federal levels, right? It's another version of the same shit. There's pros and cons to each. And we can dive into that if you want. But at the end of the day, what really matters is what's right for you right now, right? Because again, it's not right or wrong. It's not make sure I don't end up poor or make me filthy rich. It's a combination of the two. I should be spending my dollars to make sure I don't end up pushing Walmarts across the parking lot at Walmart when I'm 75 years old, but I should also be spending a little bit of money to make sure that once I have that secured, that I multiply my talents as the scriptures might say, right? And do what I can with the time and the the allotment and the assets and the blessings that have been given to me in this life and that I've earned to do something above and beyond that to create a legacy. It's not even about me. It's about my kids. It's about their kids. And if the propensity of mankind was to simply do a little bit better than your daddy did before you, I don't know about you, but I want so damn much for my kids that if all their mind uh, or or all their mentality is behind, let me be a little bit better than my dad, I want their little bit better to be worth a whole lot. And not just money, not just financially, a whole lot of everything. But money is certainly an indicator of success. It just it's everything costs money. Try and buy something without it. Try and do something without it. it doesn't happen. absolutely. And you know, no. we talk about this all the time about people who say money is evil, money is root of all evil. Money buys churches and synagogues. Money feeds the homeless. Money builds infrastructure. Money has institutions to teach other people how to support their lives. Money right. has policies that, frankly, could save you from being on the street, God forbid the breadwinner is gone. So money is not evil. Money is evil when you do evil things with it. What, what is something in that our industry, the people in our industry, what should they stop doing? Like agents, especially. Honesty? Yeah, I hope so. 
they ought to quit shit talking each other. You know, I know you're affiliated with, uh, I, I believe it's World Financial Group, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people shit talk World Financial Group and why. What a great organization. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a World Financial Group agent from across the country, all over, shit talk somebody else with another organization. For why? I grew up in automotive repair, right? That's where my old man started his businesses. And those were the first couple businesses I owned actually was auto repair shops. And I remember in 2008, when money was tight, the shit was hitting the fan, right? Everybody's trying to figure out how to pay the bills. And I took a look around. We were a small mom and pa shop. We weren't a franchise. I looked around and all the franchises, the big, uh, you know, minor keys and Jiffy Loops, and they were still banging, banging stuff in and out the doors. I look at all these small mom and pa repair shops where, quite frankly, there's a better level of customer service. There's a better level of even automotive repair uh, going on at this point. But I can't figure out why is, why, why are all their bay doors empty? How come there's no cars here? And then it dawned on me. I'm sitting there amidst all the filth. Everybody thinks, you know, auto mechanics are these filthy creatures, but, but they're there fixing your bullshit. So give them a little bit of credit. Yep. But I'm sitting there eating, a, uh, eating my lunch, eating a sandwich. And it dawned on me, maybe the reason nobody likes Monpa auto repair facilities is because every Monpa auto repair facility is busy talking shit on every other Monpa auto repair facility. And as I've taken that into my insurance career, I got into insurance clear back in 2014 and, um, and grown into wealth management and all these other things. I've happened to notice a similar trend. Well, yeah. everybody at Northwestern is busy shit talking to everybody at World Financial Group and they're busy shit talking to everybody at State Farm and State right. Farm is busy shit talking to everybody everywhere else. Right. What if instead of doing that, what if instead we all built each other up? How much more good could we do? Because you and I know that the good that we can accomplish not just in, in the result of our own paycheck or, or whatever, but the actual results, the tangible results that we have, we're not just delivering death benefits to people. I have clients that, that we're going to have to not work another five years. And I did some wealth management for them. And now they get to retire on time and on budget. Right. Exactly. And I'm not the only, like, that's not stuck to me. That's, that's not just something that I get to offer. You get to offer that right? Everybody everywhere gets to offer that. Do they need to do the work to educate themselves, offer the right products? Yeah, absolutely. But we're so busy shit talking each other. The consumer mindset around insurance and finance in general, it's at an all-time low. No wonder why everybody wants to take their life savings, the blood, sweat, and tears of decades and go dump it on fucking crypto because they have no faith in what you and I and the guys over at Goldman Sachs are doing. They have no faith. It's, it's not sexy what we do. The problem is crypto is so sexy. Crypto for a couple of years, maybe, I think it was a year, maybe a year and a half, everybody was losing their mind. This is it. This is my goose egg. This is my golden egg. I, I'm going to, this is it. I don't have to do anything else. This is amazing. And now how amazing is it? 60% down? How amazing? People are like ready to jump off bridges because of what they did. Ours is grow, grow consistently over time. And guess what? You said the nail on the head. This is not to make you wealthy per se, although some people have been, but it's to support done for seen. It's to help you grow money that the bank is not doing. Our banking system is an absolute disaster and failure. A 0.01% return. I mean, I, how does anybody keep their money in the bank anymore? You know, it's, it's astonishing. So you're absolutely correct, my friend. 
you know, we got to stop talking bad about each other. And by the way, there's not enough of us. As many agents as there are right now, there are so many people that have no help whatsoever. They have no investments, no life insurance. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to go. They have no direction. So you're right. We should unite and help everybody we can because there's not enough of us. There's still not enough of us. And there's plenty of this. I can't see everybody. Can you see everybody? Ah. We, have, we have 400 million people in America and a fraction have these coverages. Guess what? There's not enough of us. So there's plenty of business to go around. We should all make money. We should all make people happy and we should all save the world. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Since you're a, such a car guy and speaking of talking trash, do you trash today's car and the car of yesterday is much better or what is your number one car and why? Um, no, there's pros and cons to each. I'm not going to trash talk it. I, I am a, a Chevy guy through and through. Um, and I always joke, I made way too much money fixing Fords to, uh, to ever own one. <laughs> but the reality is Ford puts together a pretty damn good vehicle, okay. right? All these manufacturers, even, even, you know, a lot of people, Kia and, and Hyundai for years were regarded as the paper plate of the, the auto industry, right? You use it and then just throw that shit away. But they make some pretty formidable vehicles at this point. Frankly, in 1930, you were lucky to get 30,000 miles out of a car. And we want to sit here and bitch about the 200,000 you're getting out of your car, right? Out of your paper plate of the car industry. In 1930, you were lucky to get 10 miles to the gallon. In today's day and age, I mean, we're, we, we're pushing 25, 30. My Camaro, I've got a Camaro SS. It's a Redline edition. Cool car. Really cool car. I just drove it up. We moved from Las Vegas to Idaho a little bit ago, right? And so I'm driving that car up. And uh, normally, you know, if I'm on that car, it doesn't do well for fuel mileage, but cruising up here on the highway, click it down into tour mode, put it in sixth gear and, and just kind of go. It's a manual transmission. And, and again, just kind of go. And I averaged 32 miles to the gallon in a big V8 sports car, 32 miles to the gallon, right? Do that, do that a hundred years ago. You couldn't, but at the same time, there's a nostalgia, there's a beauty, the lines, the curves, the, to some of these old vehicles. I don't know how you trash talk that either. The fact that a hundred years ago, they were able to put some of this stuff together and get from point A to point B in a more effective manner than, than the horse that might not be feeling well today, right? Or the buggy that might have a wheel that's rotting or whatever the case may be. So I don't know that I have trash to talk, frankly. Um, I mean, when you're amongst friends and, and having a beer or two and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shit talk Ford a little bit, but it's not because Ford's bad. It's because it's just part of the culture of being a Chevy guy. So right. I don't know if that answers your question, but absolutely. Uh, but I want to know, and the listeners want to know, be honest here. I want total honesty here. How high have you gotten the speed on that Camaro? Uh, that's some uh, indemnifying information. It's, it's been well in excess of a speed limit. I'll tell you that. Double? Double. Uh, triple. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that car moves. It, it moves pretty good. So, And you're comfortable at that speed? Like you were like, you had the thing under control? It's like you're Obviously. riding on a cloud. Yeah. The, the technology we have today is just absolutely insane. When you put that thing in track mode and, and you go like that, it feels more under control than, than, you know, when I was in my, in my 85 Chevy C1500 back in the day, doing 40 miles an hour, you know, down, down the road. It, it is more stable. It's more in control. It's, it's just a entirely different machine. So. That's beautiful, man. So yeah. if you were to write a book today, 
what would your book be about? What would you title it and what would it be about? Yeah, I've actually got two books right now. We're in the middle of one of them. I was supposed to launch in June and then we've just been so busy. My book coach is furious at me. I, I didn't touch it for almost three months. And so uh, I've got two books rolling. Actually, the first one is a book about my life. It's about um, entrepreneurialism and overcoming adversity, especially in the form of um, mental illness. Uh, I'm bipolar and it's been a, a major thing in my life to not overcome, but learn to thrive through and, and live and, and become successful because of it instead of in spite of it. Right. Um, and that's, that's the first book that I, I started working on. And we're, we're getting there. We're about 200 pages right now. We got to go through some final edits and, and um, add a couple more sections to it, but we're, we're getting there. The second one is actually specifically for our industry. And uh, we're still working titles right now. I think I'm going to actually name it after the free Facebook group I put together, Winning at Insurance. Um, everybody's welcome to come and join that if they want to, as long as you're a licensed agent. I'd love to have you there. Absolutely. But um, the entire premise of the book is taking my journey as an insurance agent, starting from scratch, being dropped on my face in, in a lot of ways with, without much support, figuring it out for myself, and in, in so doing, ended up uh, leading several uh, of the biggest names, companies worth billions of dollars um, for years and years to current uh, in life insurance and annuity sales, property casualty sales, and, and more as an agency on a national level, not just locally, but on a, on a national level. And so this concept of uh, winning at insurance is not just my journey, but the prescribed process I have we have a, a mentoring network for insurance agents and financial advisors to teach them how to build the master agency in three to five years instead of 15 to 20. Um, how do we get north of seven figures in, in three to five years, guaranteed every time if we do the work? And that's what this book is. It's, it's a high-level synopsis of that. We've got four key steps, uh, a few red pill truths that we need to swallow. And those red pills, frankly, sometimes are one you can't even swallow. They're more of a suppository. Right. And you just got to sit and spin on it. But it's a truth regardless. And as soon as we accept that truth, we can do something because of it instead of trying to, again, grow our, our business in spite of it. And um, so, yeah, those are the two books we have uh, working on. And hopefully by the end of the year here, we'll, we'll get them launched out. That is awesome. And I could vouch myself for your program. You bring it. You have a wealth of knowledge. You, you have a ton of value. Anybody listening right now? If you're a licensed agent, this man is the one to look up, and this Facebook group is great, and we have a lot of unbelievable things that you present. Uh, it's awesome. I've been on your trainings before, and they are fantastic. So I, I got to say that 100%. I appreciate it. It's It really is, at, at the risk of sounding like a pretentious douchebag and bragging about myself, I'm going to do, <laughs> do it, it for it. a moment. <laughs> it's, it's become like the pride and joy of my life. Um, and I, maybe a lot of it is because of that chip on my shoulder for being dropped on my face when I was a young agent. But the reality is that 92% of insurance agents fail out of the business in 12 months or less, 12 months or less. And these are people that that was me. I was knocking on the door, bankruptcy, foreclosure, divorce, all these things. And when I went to my upline, my management, my trainers for help and, and really tried to, to dial in on, they told me, figure it out. Or don't. We're paid to recruit. We're paid when you sell something. If you don't, we'll recruit somebody behind you. It pissed me off is what it did. And fortunately, I went and figured it out. 
you know, the, the numbers don't lie. So the $25 they give you as you walk across some bullshit stage while some geriatric CEO pats you on the ass, it doesn't lie. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I just, it breaks my heart that 92 out of a hundred people are going to come into this business, probably leave a job. They were doing decent at paying their bills. They're going to spend their life savings, run up the credit cards, trying to make this work and fall flat on their friggin' face. And that's what really got me into it. And it is so cool what we built, the community we built in Rev Agency Syndicate. I haven't found it anywhere else, frankly. I haven't. We've got agents from State Farm, World Financial Group, uh, Nationwide, uh, Northwestern, American National, Independence, and everywhere in between that are so equally invested in each other's success at the same time. It is truly, you know, in entrepreneurialism, we always talk about having an abundant mindset and the difference between being abundant or being scarce. But what people don't ever give credence to is that if you ever feel like, if you ever feel like someone else having a successful moment takes away from your opportunity to have successful moments, that is scarcity. You're living in your own bullshit, right? Abundance is when I truly believe that because you, Dr. Shutt, are more successful, it is going to make me more successful. If we're the auto repair shops from back in the day, I truly believe if you're doing more auto repair, it doesn't take away from me. It helps more people see that mom, pa, auto repair shops can do good shit. And guess what? My doors are going to open too, and people are going to come through. Them. And so I'm invested in that. We have, we literally had, this was just a couple months ago, this gal, she's with Liberty Mutual. She's in the boroughs in, uh, in New York. And she's getting in, she's learning about index universal life insurance, which is something that we do well at, um, again, at the risk of sounding haughty and bragging about myself. I put myself up against anybody, anybody with any company when it comes to index universal life insurance. That is, that is my niche. Um, I'm very good at it. And she's gotten in, never sold a policy. She's learning about it. She's getting ready to go into an appointment and she's scared. She's getting those nerves, right? So she jumps into the community and throws up a, a post in our, in our private forums and says, hey, you know, I'm getting ready to go into this appointment. Is there anybody that could just help talk me through it before I jump on to get a little confidence? Within five minutes, within five minutes, okay, we had a State Farm agent, an American National agent, two independent agents, and a Farm Bureau agent from all over the country on the phone with her, role-playing with her. She closed that deal, and they didn't give a damn about company, contract, carrier, compensation. It was all about helping her. And it is, again, at, at the risk of sounding haughty, I have never found this kind of collaboration, regardless of company, contract, carrier, and compensation. I've never found it anywhere else. And I'm not going to say I built it. I think I was just the one person that had the balls to say enough is enough. If you're like me, come, come join. And it's not about me being the face of it. it it's just about me being the one that said, hey, come join. And now everyone else is taking it. They're running with it. It, it is the most beautiful thing I've, I don't know. It just, it touches my heart, frankly. So it, it's amazing. And, you know, I got to say, I wouldn't be in this industry if I had those bad experiences myself. I was a client of my partners for eight years before I even joined the team. And if I tell everybody who joins our team, it's not like this everywhere. There's cutthroat, there's this, there's that, there's bashing, there's stepping on people. And, you know, I just haven't experienced it. I would not be in this industry if I experienced that. 
it, it's amazing how much mentoring and camaraderie, you know, and, and, and we've talked, we've chatted. It, it's amazing how much value you bring. And, you know, my mentors, they bring similar type of philosophy. That's why I stick with you guys because there's a lot of places I could go. You know how much people don't know what else I do, but I get hit up to be an agent by everybody on the planet. I get emails and phone calls daily. They find me on the license list or whatever. And I'm like, do you need a job? I'm like, I got a hundred, but you know, I'm cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. So it, it's amazing that camaraderie and what you said about the scarcity Anybody who's so self-insecure is the scarcity. Abundance is being confident that you're not taking my business. We can only help each other. And if we help each other, that is abundant. So that is beautiful. Yeah, I'm just agreeing with you. <laughs> beautiful. I, I love it. I love when you agree with me. Great minds think alike. <laughs> that they do. That they do. <laughs> so if you were shipwrecked on a desert island, right, and all your stuff was all taken care of, right? What two items would you wish you had? You had food, you had water. What other things would you take with you on that shipwreck? Um, some non-tangibles, perhaps. Sure. My sanity. Oh. My, ability, my ability to do and have and be and achieve and reason. Um. You know, I don't want to find myself six months into it, screaming at a volleyball with a face on it, calling it Wilson and, and pretending like that's okay. And, and I'm going to be okay with it. I want to find solutions. I'm a problem solver and I don't want to solve the problem by accepting reality. I want to solve a problem by creating the reality that I want. So I want my sanity more than anything. Um, I don't know if that, that probably doesn't answer your question. Two simple items, frankly. I'd take a pocket knife and a fishing pole. Are you a good fisherman? I'm not, but I guarantee you I'd figure out how to be. I'm a good hunter. I don't, I've never particularly loved fishing. I like to be out moving rather than hanging out in one spot more than that. But, um, but I've never shied away from learning a skill that I needed to have. And I mean, if I'm stranded on an island, the most abundant resource around me is the ocean, right? right. Uh, beyond that, I've got a rod, which is, uh, very durable, either wood or carbon fiber. It's got the components attached to it. It's got that line that's a, a very um, phenomenal resource. And then a knife is, I think, a, a good knife. I, in fact, I've got a knife right now. I never go anywhere without a pocket knife. I think it's speeding it is and most, a knife. That, that's it. Now you're a rebel. Now you're 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 a chronic speeder. You got the knife in your pocket. Man, you're you're something else. I could also see you selling IUL to a coconut. That's how good you are. Yeah, I'll, I'll sell IUL to a coconut. I'll sell uh, I'll sell whole life to the coconut too, though. You know, what does the coconut need? That's what exactly. I'll get. Exactly. You provide solutions to problems to yeah. all the little coconuts. That's it. What is one thing that you believe that's very important to protect your money today and in the future? Um. Again, this is probably off the wall. But I believe in a concept I call whole self-centric. And it's the idea uh, that we are more than just financial beings. We're more than just physical beings. In fact, we have five stewardships in life that I've found. Physical, mental, spiritual, your family, and your work. And everything can be categorized underneath those. And what I've found is that anytime any one of these things are lacking, everything else suffers. Right. 
anytime I improve on one of these things, everyone else, every other stewardship is edified and improved upon. If I said finance was a, a forma or, or something I'd categorize under work and under family and, and these different areas, right? I can look at it and I can say, well, if my health declines, if I allow my health to decline, right, through negligence, does that affect my finances? Absolutely. It affects my ability to earn. Frankly, it can affect my mentality and my ability to make good financial decisions. Mm-hmm. It can, absolutely, right? Similarly, if I allow my spirituality to uh, deteriorate, all of a sudden I find myself making piss poor financial decisions, whether those are spending habits, whether those are earning habits, whether those are investing habits, it doesn't matter. I make poor financial decisions. Quality financial decisions are the summary of living a quality life, in my opinion. It's just the next step. So if you want to make quality financial decisions, Be healthy, be happy, be wise, be spiritual, be invested in your family, whatever your definition of family is. And if you'll do those things, it becomes infinitely easier to make quality financial decisions that are that are in alignment with your values and that always tend towards your core focus as a human being. Amazing. What would you say to a new person? Let's say there's a new graduate from high school, they just turned 18, or somebody that's really not happy with their job, what advice do you have somebody entering your field? Alignment over assignment, I believe. The number one question people ask when getting into this business is what is my commission rate? And that's the wrong question. Because you could get 100 or 120 or 150% of zero. And that means shit when you compare it to 50, 70, 80% of a whole lot, right? Alignment, uh, and what I mean by alignment is, again, go back to, I just mentioned it, those values and that focus that you have, take half a minute to be intentful. For God's sake, you've got this whole life ahead of you. If you give a flying shit about it in any way, shape, or form, doesn't it deserve 30 minutes of intention to say, who do I want to be and who do I want to work with? What values does that kind of person have? What am I trying to accomplish? And now you have a compass whereby you can go and meet individuals like yourself and myself and everybody in between. And you can say, are these people, are they in alignment with these values? Are they going to help me take me towards this focus or away from, are they a distraction? And if they're a distraction or they're not in alignment, you don't do it. It's that freaking simple. It's that simple. But um, for that 18 year old that's wanting to, to get into this business, take 30 minutes to be a little bit intentional about who you are, who you want to be, and what you're trying to accomplish. And then instead of being interviewed for the opportunity to get into insurance and finance, fuck that bullshit. Go interview these people offering the opportunity. Don't sign up with the first one or whichever one sounds like the best one. Go interview five of them. Go interview 10 of them. And then go do some deep reflection on where the alignment is the best Uh, with your values and your focus. And that's the right decision to make. If you make that decision, your career will flourish from the get-go. If you don't, you're probably going to find yourself as a statistic where 92% fail out in the first 12 months. Identity is so important. We talk about this on my show with entrepreneurs of all walks of life. Identity, identity, identity. If you don't know who you are, If you don't know your core values, you don't know what your mission statement is, 
you're lost and you're not going to succeed no matter what you do. I don't care if you're financial industries, car repair, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer. If you have no identity, you're not going to make it. Right. Beautiful. I love it, man. So we're going to play a new game. All my guests get a game. Somehow we try to fit the personalities with the new games. And this game is called Wake Up Call. You ready? I'm ready. Let's I'm do gonna it. Gi- I'm going to give you the rules. In this game, there will be three scenarios. And we have to give the best and most valuable advice using only six words. Let's get started. Ready? Yes. Scenario number one. Charlie just started college. He will be studying to become an oral surgeon. And now is having second thoughts on whether college is the right fit for him. Since all his high school friends have already made millions from crypto, and now he's thinking of doing the same. What should Charlie do? Six words or less. Go. Alignment over assignment. Beautiful. I would say, Charlie, don't do crypto talk to Carson yeah there there you go there you go no I like I say alignment over assignment core values core focus ready go beautiful scenario number two the CEO of Caribou Apples by Anna is ready to start a new business where she'll be teaching others how to make her famous caramel apples she is stuck on how to get started and doesn't know what her first step should be. What should she do? Interview mentors and hire one. Ooh, that's good. I would like a kosher caramel apple. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> All right. This is the third one. Gary is one of the biggest step curry fans and wants to follow his path he recently found out that he wrote a children's book which left him surprised because he's been wanting to write a book for a while now he knows it's going to take a lot of work and upfront investment what would be the best way to balance his new venture with his existing full-time career work harder dream bigger and be intentional (laughs) jerry writing books is the way to go Trying to be with Steph Curry probably is not. <laughs> That's way over six words, but, you know, there's only a couple in the world, maybe in a decade, of, of a Steph Curry who plays basketball that way. Yeah. Go write a book. All right. So that was awesome. That was a great game. And, Carson, you are amazing, my friend. And thank you for being with us today. And before we go, I want to know, and everybody wants to know, where can we find you? Plug yourself away. Give us all your data, your social security number, your favorite color, all that kind of stuff. How do we find you? How do we get a hold of you? How does somebody become part of your syndicate and everything? Tell us. Yeah. So I've got my own wealth management firm, uh, High Point Wealth Managers. And um, so anybody needing financial services, uh, you're more than welcome to, to reach out to us. We've got our Facebook page. And we do, you'll find a lot of it. It's not because I'm some dumbass millennial. Um, and if you still are hating on millennials, just understand that right now about 60 plus percent of all wealth in the United States is managed by millennials. So be kind. We're probably managing your pension. But reach out to me on Facebook, right? High Point Wealth Management. Um, we have our own IMO. We contract uh, wealth managers and insurance agents on the life and annuity side all over the country. Uh, High Point Insurance and Advisors. Again, on Facebook, we're not hard to find. Look us up. 
a coach, a lot, actually a few thousand at this point, insurance agents and financial advisors through Rev Agency Syndicate. Again, on Facebook, look us up. We're, we're right there. And we've got a, a CRM for insurance agents and financial advisors, Crackerjack with a K, K-R-A-C-K-E-R-J-A-K. Again, on Facebook, if you want just access to any of this or me, hit me up again on Facebook. And why Facebook? Let me tell you why. It's because although we think it's becoming antiquated, nobody's on there. The numbers don't lie. There's 7 billion unique accounts on Facebook, right? And it still has the higher user per user volume out of all the platforms. Facebook is still King Daddy Kong. And if you're already there, just look me up. Carson Porter, hit me up. Uh, Rev Agency Syndicate. Uh, Cracker Jack, High Point Insurance and Advisors, High Point Wealth Management. We're all there. We do all these things. My teams are the most phenomenal people on earth. And if they're not, we give them the boot out because that's all we align with is the best and the brightest. So there you go. Boom. Well, friends, that is all for today. Remember to tune in every Friday, 8 a.m. Rate us on Apple and Spotify if you're listening. And don't forget, like, comment, and subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.